Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If Tash would have got it, he would have gone, well, it was one of those could have gone the other way. It didn't go her way. You're going to sit on the fence on this one. You're not going to pick a winner. I'm, no, I'm not. Right now, no. I, um, but that's house, Rui. You've got, you've got to put your on the block. That fight would not go do pay-per-view numbers. Really? I don't think it would. Well, so hold on. Oh, hold yeah, on. These names are impregnated in my brain, see? Impregnated in your brain. <laughs> do you what, like what's called? That's the right terminology. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Boxing with Simon Jordan and Spencer Oliver. This is episode 57, 57 from all my years in Spain. <laughs> Apparently, for the pleading producer, don't forget to vote for us in the best combat section of the sports podcasts. And by the way, 100,000 subscribers award. Looks good. I, I, I think, yeah, Pat. I think Pat knocked it up in his bedroom. Well, thought, yeah, I thought it was one of the productive things he's knocked up in his bedroom. I he had a new laptop. <laughs> You okay? Yeah, very well. He's been off uh, making friends and influencing people. Absolutely, Joe yeah. Gallagher. Up in, listen, up in Liverpool, up in Liverpool, Natasha Jones, Michaela Mayer. What a fight that was! Well, so. let's get off with that one straight yeah. away. I mean, obviously, big fight, a lot of attention, which is fascinating because it shows you how far women's boxing has now become. You're now seeing women boxers, rightly so, headline, headline yeah. and, uh, and and create a lot of interest. A big fight, an interesting fight. Michaela was very confident going into that mm-hmm. fight. Obviously, we all know the outcome. You were there. I watched it on television. You were there. What was your conclusions? Do you know what it is, Simon? I think that the controversy surrounding the result was taken away from what a great fight that was. I mean, both girls left it all in the ring. I Mm -hmm. think they're a great advocate for women's boxing, women's sport, and how much that's evolved. wanted to say that, first of all, was the result the right one? No, I don't think it was. I thought Michaela Mayer won that fight by two rounds. I told Joe Gallagher actually on the night as well. Yep. You know, you look at it. And I went home and watched it as well because I thought I was so wrapped up and so engrossed in what a great fight it was. Round eight especially, you know, when both girls just went toe-to-toe. You just thought, you know what, this, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. The best fighting the best, going through the divisions. And they put on a great spectacle. Because Joe was very defensive, and rightly so because he's his fighter, um, of the observations. Because a lot of people have come out and said that they felt that Michaela had won the fights. I thought Michaela had won the fight. I thought she won it 96-94. I thought some yeah, of the scoring uh, needed to, need to well. be looked at. But he made the observation, it's an interesting observation, about you need to go in there and you need to rip the title away from challengers, from challengers, from champions, sorry. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of don't agree with that because well, you should win on the base. I remember Kel Brook beat Sean Porter yeah. in America. He didn't rip it away from no. him. He went in there and they scored the fight properly. Simon, listen, when, you, when, you know, when you've got the three judges at ringside and they're scoring a contest, as you know, 
it's done round by round. So you can't rip the title away because you're scoring the fight. It's a 10 round fight. You're scoring the fight round by round. Natasha Jonas started very well. I thought she started really good. But Mika yeah, Michaela yeah, Mayer got into it. And you could, there was an argument after four rounds. It could have been 2-2. Two, two. Yep. It could have been 3-1 Tash. That's where you're at. But as you get down, like later into the fight, Michaela Mayer just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And it was one of those fights where you go, do you like the classier, heavy, more heavy-handed stuff from Natasha Jonas mm. or the work rate from yeah. Michaela Mayer? Yeah. And the push, you know, I understand where people are going. I went home and watched the fight again. So I'm thinking, listen, can I get a draw out of this? Yeah. Can I see it closer? I could have and lived, I couldn't. I could, I, could I could have lived with a draw. Yeah. I could have lived with a draw. I could have lived it as being a little bit pick em because it, it, to me, it seems that, 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 you know, Joe's point about you've got to go and rip it away is that you've got to price into your thinking that you're going to go into a yeah. backyard mm -hmm. and that the scoring's not going to be in your favour, which doesn't sound like it should be the way that it is because that's like having a homer in football, isn't it? You, yeah. The referee gets influenced by the home crowds. Mm -hmm. And that's perhaps human nature. But I thought that the heavier shots, the heavier work at times was done by Natasha. Sure. But I thought the better work was done by Michaela. The, the, yeah, the volume was done by, by Michaela. Mm. And I think that the, the class here, the more eye-catching stuff was done by Tash. Yeah. And I think, look, big let's, left, let's, big let's, let's put it like this. Like, had that fight landed in, in America... Michaela Mayer would have won the fight, yeah. right? It's landed on British shore and it's, you know, the, the, in many ways it's subjective scoring because you go, are you looking for the volume? Are you looking for the classier work or whatever? You know, we're both on the same page, 96, 94, and I tried to make it closer than that. I think Michaela won the fight, but you know, I've seen worse decisions than that. Of course I have, you know, not making a defense for Natasha Jonas. It was her homecoming it's, and it's all about, you know, a sense of achievements, what she's achieved and what she's doing outside of the ring. We, we was at the open yeah. workout. On she's the owed wing. one as well. <clears throat> I mean, there's an argument to say she's owed. She not, is owed it's, one. It's not fair for Michaela to be the recipient no. of what she's owed. Yeah. But the Terry Harper fight, I think owes the one, don't you? Listen, the boxing gods were with her that, you know, yeah. on Saturday night. And, and, you know, like you say, if you go back to matchroom headquarters, uh, you know, when was that? 2020 when she boxed Terry Harper. And it, was a, and it was a controversial draw. She should have had that fight. Fast forward a year and she, boxed, she goes up away and boxes Katie Taylor. And another fight, she loses on a split decision. A fight, actually, that, I was, that was probably closer than this one in terms of if Tash would have got it, he would have gone, well, it was one of those who could have gone the other way. It didn't go her way. So, you know, give her, you know. She's put herself in the way. I think she's earned the right to have a bit of fortune. Um, I think she's earned the right to have a bit of good luck and a bit of an opportunity. Um, does it put to bed, because there was a lot of conversations and about three-minute rounds, mm -hmm. and Ben Shalom, the promoter, said, Look, let's be clearer, all the noise about three-minute rounds, if these girls had really wanted three-minute rounds, we'd have had three-minute rounds. Mm -hmm. So he's so, sort of suggesting that maybe there was a bit of background noise and a bit of, a bit of distraction coming in from Michaela about it. But I saw, I looked at it and thought, if this had been three-minute rounds, I'm not sure this would have been quite the same fight. The girls looked knackers you That's dilute what you've got like you dilute the products and this is my argument when i'm talking about it and you know people saying yeah we get three minute rounds and we see different results and it would have been knockouts <clears> right, yeah. it would have been a different result because yeah. michaela had the better engine like tash right. was digging deep you know she's 39 years of age 40 this year she's had an unbelievable career and that last minute would have been telling on the result you know on the result of fight but it's not three minute rounds two minute rounds yeah. and i think if you dilute the product you don't get the same thing because i know as a fighter i've done two minute rounds i've done three minute rounds your mindset is different. When you're doing three-minute rounds, you pace it more. When you're doing two-minute rounds, you sort of roll the dice yeah. and you go for it, and that's what you're getting. I mean, if we look 
Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron, Cameron, one and two. And you see this fight on Saturday night, you know, and you look at them like, even like Shannon Courtney, Ebony Bridges. There's a number of fights that just pop in my mind. You go, they were unbelievable. Why was it? 10 two-minute rounds. And that is what it is. Don't dilute the product. Do you think, um, because people, there's always a debate, isn't there, about the scoring and the ability to score with more objectivity if you've got a three-minute round rather than a two-minute round. I mean, again, I thought that some of the scoring was curious, not just because they, not because they gave the verdict to Natasha, but I thought they gave a wide margin to uh, Michaela yeah. in the one that scored for Michaela. Yeah. Um, 97, 93, that was, Correct. I believe, yeah. What do, you, what do you think about the argument about the scoring regime that lends... I mean, we ha we, we're, not, we're, we're having the same bleeding controversies yeah. in Mel's boxing, so I don't Absolutely. quite know how that argument comes up. No. Is it, better, is it easier to score in a three-minute round? Absolutely not. I mean, th this, is, this is such a simple answer for me, this one. I go, listen, it doesn't matter if it's two-minute rounds, three-minute rounds. If you're a professional judge and you're scoring and, you know, and you've been given this position... Get it right. Yeah. Simple as that. Over two minute rounds, you can tell who's won the round and who hasn't won the round. As plain and simple as that. Forget that. Oh, you know, we're not getting these results and it's controversial scoring because, you know, you can't tell who's won the round. You can. It's quite like, otherwise, you don't do the job. You mm. shouldn't be doing the job. Um, and that's pretty much where I'm sitting with it. You know, and it's like, like you say, when you look at the scorecards, it was, what was it? 96, 94, 96, 95, and I think 97, 93, mm -hmm. I believe it was. You look at that one and you go... So where's the argument here? Why, why are they so wide? You look at the 97, 93 and you go, you can sort of validate that and look at it and go, the close rounds, that judge has gone with Michaela Mayer and that's how he's, you can understand how they've come up with that scorecard. When you look 96, 94 with Tash, you go, I can sort of understand, like you said yesterday on your show, I, I understand it and I can get to a draw. I can get to a draw, but I can't get two rounds Tash's way. Mm. So like then you, you go. I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on it because it's almost diminishing. It's taking away from what a great Natasha. fight and what and what she's you, achieved. Can you make? Can you understand? Besides the fact it was a home crowd and, and it was in Liverpool, the reasons why she won that fight. Can you make a? Can, I mean, you you come here quite clearly and you think that that you know, Michaela won the fight. Others have thought mm -hmm. the same. Joe Gallagher yeah. has his own view and I understand yeah. it. Right. Um, Joe said actually he could you know he could have understood yesterday one round either draw. way yeah, or yeah. one round either way yeah. so he's actually accepting yeah. that it could have gone the other way you know like do you think she'd have got this verdict if she'd been anywhere else I don't think she would have got the verdict if it had been stateside definitely not now Natasha won the fight and you and I have obviously said that if she's in, if anyone yeah. was deserving of one it probably was her absolutely now her career post Katie Toller has gone in a trajectory now she's now yes. won a number of world titles yeah. and, and has done them in a convincing fashion. Mm -hmm. This one she defends uh, and she's won it. So the, the, the result is indelible. Yeah. Um, and she deserves all the applause and all the credentials and no one wants to take anything away from yeah. Natasha and all the things that have been observed about her being the pride of Liverpool and all that is absolutely relevant. Yeah. It's interesting to see Clarissa Shields was quite disparaging yeah. about her. Where does she go next? Does, does she go in? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would assume that the decisions that Natasha's going to make, and only she knows them, are going to be about as much as of the opportunity that she can get her just rewards from boxing. She can get paid properly. Women's yep. boxing is at its, at its highest level now, so she wants to get paid. So she's got a variety of opportunities, doesn't she? She's got Katie Taylor. She's got Lauren Price. Although I like Joe Gallagher's assertion yep. that maybe Lauren Price should be fighting Michaela Meyer, the winner of that fight, 
gets to fight the winner of Katie yeah. Taylor versus Natasha Jonas. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Clarissa Shields mm. going, I don't think so. You did herself a favour by ducking me. Yeah. I'm sure Natasha would have yeah. a different version of that. I think, where, where does Natasha go next? Like, you know, at the ripe old age of 39 and, and what she's achieved, two weight world champion, you know, British boxing ball of control, yeah. first female winner, etc. I mean, the kids that she's inspired in and around Liverpool and surrounding areas. I think she's done an incredible job. So where does she go next? She now has to look for only the big fights. This is her last year in boxing. She's yeah. probably got one, two fights left maximum. Jessica McCaskill is the other champion at her weight. Sandy Ryan's the WBO champion. That's another fight that could happen for so her. And all British fighters, she can unify there. Personally, I think she has to go and chase maybe Katie Taylor again because that's a huge fight. Big payday. It's all about the pension fund right now. Like, the so. biggest money. Absolutely. She's, she's that right. Or she goes Clarissa Shields. So option one for me would be Katie Taylor. Option two, Clarissa Shields. Option three, Sandy Ryan. Option four, Jessica McCaskill. That's pretty much Which one do you think at. she goes? I'm hoping that she would go... Or rematch with Michaela. The problem is that Katie Taylor is going to be looking for this pro possible trilogy with Chantel Cameron. Yeah. Chantel Cameron's in that mix, by the way, with, yeah. with, um, with Tasha as well. Yeah. But they're probably going to be tied up there. I reckon she'll probably go Sandy Ryan McCaskill is a sort of good, a good fight to make. I wouldn't go over old ground there with Michaela, although public demand, public demand may call for that and that may increase the, the value of the fight so why not why not you know i think it's and that's a fight that everyone would want to see yeah. that's a fight now we've seen it i think you that would put more bums on seats i think it would up the value of of the fight anyway because you'd want to see that again that was top class stuff mm. i mean joe gallagher is a top class trainee he's, he's you know, a, and he knows his stuff and he, inside out and he gives and top he, class opinions oh even, he does even if he <clears throat> disagrees like, like myself and yourself is quite opinionated and, he, and he'll stick with that opinion. They're the best kind great. of people, aren't they? Uh, well, the best yeah. kind of people will give an opinion <laughs> rather than sit on the fence and get splinters. <laughs> anyway, look, wherever she does, wherever she goes, she's going to deserve all the rewards that she gets from it. And I hope that she continues to do well because she deserves One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We move on into uh, the heavyweight division and the return of Joe Joyce. I have to find myself deeply un uninspired by this. Yeah. But notwithstanding, I understand that people have got to rebuild. Cash Alley. Yes. Most famous for biting someone's nose off, I suspect. <laughs> yeah, um, no, Cash Alley is most famous for um, David Price, 2019, where the fight was not going quite his way. He had his moments in that fight, mm -hmm. to be fair. Cash Alley's a tough kid. He's only lost a couple of fights. Well, he's a lump, isn't he? Yeah, but he's a lump. But he'll bring the fight to him, but then he will revert to what... Like, so when he boxed David Price, to give you the, how that fight went, Price was doing very well. And then Cash Alley had his moments. It looked like he was going to turn it around. Then David got back in control. When he got back in control... And Cash realised that the, the fight, he wasn't going to win the fight. Instead of getting knocked out or sort of fighting like a gladiator till the end, he decided to check out. And he didn't fight him once. 
He didn't bite him twice. He didn't bite him three times. He bought, beat him four times. He got penalised twice. But the last time was when they both wrestled. I think it was round five. Went over and he sort of yeah. bit him when he was on the floor. And like you say, bit his yeah. chest. Sounds like a delight. Um, yeah. He's very fortunate that he can still get into a boxing ring, if I'm totally honest. It's a huge opportunity well, they for him. let Tyson back, didn't they? So, that, that, well, yeah, right. that's true. Tyson right. did remove half of an ear. Someone's so, here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But what about, I mean, as, I mean he's a lump. So, yeah. you know, Joe's not going to have any size advantage. What's he? He's six foot six, isn't he? Yeah. So he's going to be whatever six foot six weighs. He's and he a, brings the fight to you as well. Yeah. He's a European champion. Uh, right? yeah. WBO European champion. Yeah. Whatever Listen, I think that... No one on his record, though, is there? No, no one on his record at all. The only people that he has boxed he, 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 of any sort of note David he's Price. lost to, yeah. yeah. Um, where do we go with this fight? How do I see it? I think he's a great opponent. The reason Why? I think he's a great opponent is because it's all about Joe Joyce after two crushing defeats to Zale Zhang. He needs a confidence rebuilder, but not someone who's going to go in there and blow away. And I think that Joe will get the ring rust off, for one. Mm. I think that, you know, as Joe get, I think Joe will win the fight in the second half of the contest. And that's exactly what he needs. And the reason I say that, Simon, is because Joe won't have another warm-up fight after that. They will throw Joe so straight in the mix. Saudi Arabia, whether that's right. Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, whoever it may be, one of the big names out there, you know, Philip Bergovic, whoever it would be, Joe Joyce, that's where he'll end up. So... I think it's a great opponent because he will get to the rounds that he needs and that's also the confidence builder. Yeah. I mean, as I say, I mean, I don't find the opponent that inspiring, but Frank knows what he's doing and whether... Great matchup. And he's a, and he's a great matchmaker. You know, yeah. Daniel Dubois gets his opportunities, yeah. which Frank helps him get. Shots at, yeah. shots at Usyk on the Saudi bill, fight Joe Miller, all of a sudden... That's another fight we can see Dubois-Joyce uh, well, return. That's you know, Dubois that, in the equation. But, I mean, what do you expect to see? I mean... Are you surprised? To, I mean, it seems like a formulaic question, but Joe was cleaned out by Zhang. Mm. He was beaten in the first fight. People, you know, Joe walks into the first fight believing that he could yeah. take anything on the chin and spending his entire time telling the media about how hard he could get hit. We didn't think Zhang had the toolkit to deal with him, albeit we thought that Hergovic yeah. and the Zhang fight, Zhang had won. Sure. Then when the second fight, Joe got really dealt with yeah. by Zhang. There was, yeah. he had nothing, he had no answer to Zhang. And, and got cleaned out. Yeah. And, and that's the first time Joe's had that experience. Mm -hmm. Now, first fight, you know, he got on the end of a, some, some very heavy duty punching from Zhang and it damaged his face. And, yeah. and, and, he, and he had his own reflections on it. Second fight was very damaging for Joe. What do you expect to come back in the ring? Well, I think with Joe Joyce, what you see is what you get. You know what he's like. He is juggernaut, such a great name for him because he's just this big, strong guy who needs to get the weight right because the weight it determines how much he can bully his opponent because let's have it right. And I think everyone will say, Frank Warren's even said himself, you know, Joe Joyce is not the most technically gifted fighter in the world. Mm. He's very one-dimensional. You know what he does. He walks forward. He stalls forward. He throws the shots. I think he got the weight wrong with Zale Zang the first time he boxed yeah. and possibly even the second time. Yeah. The problem that he had was... Went from were, one extreme to the other. Yeah, he? he went from one extreme to the other. But the problem that he had was... There's a thing called adaptability, and good fighters have got that. And then they're the, they're the fighters that... Or the elite-level fighters, are uh, Yeah, elite-level fighters have that, that, that adaptability. And Joe Joyce hasn't got that adaptability. So Zale Zhang, the second time, knew exactly what he was going, going into. And he actually, even though he's a big guy, could adapt. Yeah. And he, he, he made it easier well, he just for himself. Thought, so you're going to step to the left, are you? That's what yeah. you're going to do. Okay, yeah. oh, I'm going to smash in the face it was, now. It, yeah. he, he found it, you know, Joe, Joe was very predictable. And that was what Sometimes a fighter has... What they call a bogeyman, a guy that they fight, and because A beats C doesn't mean you're yeah, going to beat him, no, etc., etc. 
And unfortunately for Joe Joyce, I think if he boxed Zale Zhang 10 times out of 10, he wouldn't beat Zale Zhang. Doesn't mean that he's not going to beat any of the other heavyweights no. out there. We saw what he done with Parker. Look how look good that looks on his record now with the recent form with Joseph mm. Parker. Forget Deontay Wilder and the deterioration there. You just look at recent form, last last performance. Well, you can only judge people on their last fight. Absolutely. You're always saying that. Yeah. So he's got, he's, you know, obviously the fight against saying leaves us with a viewpoint on Joe. We had it before. We all got caught up in the idea after the Joseph Parker fight mm. of where Joe was going. We found out that, that the, what we thought that we allowed ourselves to get a blind spot on was that Joe is quite formulaic. Sure. But notwithstanding that, he is a, a hell of a specimen and there is opportunities for him. Where do you think, I mean, we always remarked about the remarkable engine. I think you and I spoke about yeah. potentially Joe uh, Joyce would give Fury yeah, a, absolutely. A, a, a trouble because Fury wouldn't be able to lean on him. Sure. Um, I mean, Fury would probably box his head off, yeah. but he wouldn't have been able to lean on him. Now we've got a slightly different view with Joe because that's how quickly the world changes. Yeah. Where do you think Joe's going to land? Where do you think he, Where do you think he's going to arrive at? Once well, upon a time, it was for a world title shot. Yeah. Um, do you think he's going to win a world title? No, it's, no, as you as you recognise over the last twelve months, how the landscape, the heavyweight division, it's all dependent on who well, the opportunity is, where the where the titles, you know, if the ti titles do get relinquished, and they, you know, and they go elsewhere, who fights for who, where it all lands, and everything else. But you look at it, you go, Joe Joyce needs to get himself back in the mix big time. Where does he go? Daniel Dubois, like you say, is a great shout. It's a great rematch of a lot of interest and a chance for Daniel to revert, um, you know, go go on that, uh, reverse that loss and mm -hmm. take away that doubt from that. You look at Philip Hergovic, who's hanging around, he's waiting for the opportunity with what Turkey Al Sheikh said about, you know, the heavyweight landscape and Joshua versus... Hang on, the Vince McMahon yeah. of boxing, <laughs> apparently. Joshua Ngannou, Alexander Usyk Fury, winner boxes, winner. You go, well, then that sort of ties them lot up. So you've got this next batch of heavyweights. Joyce fits in there with any of them. So, you know, you've got like, you know, Uzeli Zhang, obviously, the two fights he's had with him. But you've got Hogovic there. You've got Dubois. We'd see that again. You know, Wilder's floating around. He lands. Oh, floating he, around, literally. He, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he doesn't go, cloud. Don't go to no Palmer, more retreats. Goodwill. There, don't, yeah. Do not go to any more retreats, Deontay. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, so there's loads of opportunity. I think that's probably a better way of putting it. Let's get him to a fast track. Let's get him going. Go. This is the kid. Well, listen, they're going to go cash alley, confidence rebuild up, bang your back on there. Where you go, throw him in. Well, we'll see. Wish him luck. Josh Taylor and Jack Cattrall. Despite that one playing hide and seek with itself, yeah. appearing to disappear up Josh's ass, this one now seems to be back on the table. I mean, Josh spoke to me a year ago, no, a little bit longer, less than a year ago, got all tetchy before the Tiafimo Lopez loss about, mm. I'm going to fight Cattrall. I'm going to fight him. I'm definitely going to fight him. Well, you're definitely going to fight him. I'm definitely going to fight him. And then it appeared to have lost its way. Sure. Josh goes up to the 147s, loses to Tiafimo Lopez yep. in Madison Square Garden. And now we're seeing the potential when obviously Jack Cattrall will never get back the opportunity he had once before, which was mm. to have the, all the belts. Yeah. But he'll still bite Josh Taylor's arm off at the elbow for a second opportunity. Yep. Where is this? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think this fight lands in this country. That's that's where where I'm seeing it. Josh, Tate, Josh Taylor's not heard anything. He, they said this fight has right. not been mentioned. Or, or anything. Jack Cashel wants to fight, and he would Which take. Which he always a, has had. And he would take a huge pay cut yeah. to have the fight to, for redemption. Right. Well, he hasn't got to redeem this himself. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at, Simon. You'll understand this better than anyone because you understand the business side of this fight. 
Josh Taylor's going to want big money for this fight. Jack Catchell will take a pay cut, obviously, because he just wants redemption. He wants to revert, right the wrongs of the last fight. There's not enough money on the table for that fight to land in this country because you couldn't go pay-per-view with it. The reason you couldn't go pay-per-view was it because that was two, two years ago, was yesterday. And I, what I'm saying is that fight would not go do pay-per-view numbers. Really? I don't oh, think it would. Well, so hold on. Hold, hold, yeah, hold on. Go you've, on. Got, you've got all the backstory, right? Yeah, go on. You've got all the backstory. You, 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 it's, surely it's got the Hydra written all over it in Scotland. Right. Where do you think that would land pay-per-view numbers if that went... Well, I think it's comparable to... I think it's comparable, potentially, to Liam Smith versus Chris Eubank Jr. So I think this is where I... This is, this is what I'm saying and why I think this... Depends is the backstory. You've got a lot... If, if the promoters are doing their jobs, with the amount of discontent yeah. that came out of that result from the first fight, with Josh Taylor, with, yeah. despite the win against Jack Cattrall, there's a huge sway of the boxing world and public that perceives that as a loss. Then he bounces into a real loss yeah. against Teofimo Lopez. I think there's a major backstory all over this. Yeah, and I, think, I, 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 totally, get, I, I think you'll get the numbers. I don't think you will get the numbers. Listen, I, I think with, with the money that Taylor wants to get in, back in there and give Jack Cattrall the opportunity and everything else. I, but this is not that, for belts anymore, is it? No, no, but this, that fight lands on an undercard as maybe even chief support to a huge fight out in Saudi Arabia. That's where I'm going, out in the Middle East. But do you think it's going to... Okay, if, 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 just, let's not debate the vagaries and peculiarities yeah. of where it will land, right? But let's debate I think the we get it. I think happening. we get it in 2024, definitely. Do you? Yes, I do. And I, I'll tell you why. Because where, At what weight? Because, and I think it will land at 147 because I don't think... I think it, Taylor will say, listen, that's where I'm at now. I don't think that we're going to do a catch weight of 144 or anything like that. Catchell's no. willing to go up to 147. She's that desperate to reverse that loss. I think the fight will revert, land on 147 to keep, obviously, Josh Taylor and his team happy and say, listen, you can have it your way. We'll come to your way. Catchell's happy to do that. So I think the fight lands at 147. And like I say, I think it lands in 2024. But conversations, this is coming straight from the horse's mouth, Josh Taylor, he's heard nothing from anyone. Nothing from anyone, so... I think yeah. it's a shame. I think this this is a British fight. And I think... Taylor said he, he only wants it here, by the way. Fine. He said that this well, is where he wants it to land. They'll have to horse trade their way through what people want and what people don't yeah. want. But this, to me, uh, is a British fight. And there's something unique about British fights when two fighters are getting in a ring from the same aisles mm. and you hawk it off somewhere else, whether that was in the Middle East or in America, it won't have the same relevance. I think this is a, this is a battle of Britain. I think it has I that agree. same feel... And, and I, I would much prefer to see it, whether it's, whether it's in Scotland or is whether it, it's in Manchester. It's a headliner. Whatever you say, yeah, it's a I headliner. Think so. And I think if it, ends, if it does end up, which would be tragic in, in my eyes as well, but if it ends up in the Middle East, which I think... Who's there promoting is them? Because Jack's strong, signed with Matchroom now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Jack, Jack's, from, Jack's from Matchroom, yeah. And where's so Josh? Josh is with Top Rank. Top Rank. Yeah. Okay. So, the, you know, it's a good possibility... If it lands out in the Middle East, it, it gets sort of swallowed up on the undercard of a big heavyweight fight or whatever. You don't it's get, a British fight. You won't appreciate it. It's a I British agree. fight. I'm, and I'm, that's, I'm why, and that's, where the, that's where the juice yeah. is in this fight. It's, well, it's that's a where British Josh wants fight. it. So there's yeah. hope that we get that. And then ultimately, if Josh sets the record straight, everyone can praise him again. Who wins the return in that, by the way, at 147? Honestly, mm. if, there, if, there's, if Josh Taylor hasn't been damaged by the defeat of Tiafimo Lopez, as much as I don't want to write off Jack Catchell, because we all wrote him off in the first yeah. fight, 
We all gave him no chance. We all mm. subscribed to the Josh Taylor bandwagon, which was right to do so. Because yeah. you and I were huge admirers of his. We were also fed up on his behalf. Yeah. And the TV companies weren't picking him up the way they should do when he won sure. the world title. And he wasn't getting the opportunities. Now he's got the ump a little bit because he's got a little bit of criticism. And he'll get over that because he's a big boy, mm. hopefully. But I think Josh Taylor will now know what he's experiencing with Jack Cattrall. Yeah. I, think, I think complacency and arrogance were his enemy in the first fight. Nice. I think he looked at Jack Cattrall along the lines of, who the f*** are you? You're lucky to be in a ring with me. I'm giving yeah. you an opportunity. Yeah. He may still think some of that now. But he's, also, bit of he's also got, situation he's also got a hard-on for the reality of what, was, what he thinks has been done to him in the media, which is people are giving him no credit because right. he wouldn't acknowledge the fact that Jack Cattrall... And, sure. and so I, I personally think, as much as I like Jack and I want him to perhaps undo the injustice of this fight, yeah. I think Josh Taylor was was a was a pound for pound discussion i agree and yeah. if the pound for pound fella turns up i think he'll have too much interest for jack yeah. Cattrall. what about you yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm sort of in that cabin really i think that you know there's that there's a lot into that where you go Cattrall won that first fight by nine rounds like you find it hard you vote all right he might have won it it was it was like nine three in rounds that was it i don't know if it was that wide but I think, a, listen even if you go eight four at yeah. best then that's pretty much where he was at he won that fight convincingly like you say, 147 goes in Taylor's favour because he was desperately struggling to make the weight anyway. And 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 the fire has been restoked by the criticism that he's taken. And him well, let's see. Himself. Let's see it happen. There's a load, load of ifs, buts and maybes, and that's why but, it's a great but fight. But there always is. Another fight in the making, or it's been made, which I'm looking forward to. Um, because, again, it's all British. It's got a world title at the end of it. Um, it's got one of my favourite fighters, Richard Reactpole, not just yeah. because he's a Crystal Palace fan, but because yeah. I like him as a kid. You've got Chris Billum Smith defending his WBO cruiserweight belt for the second time now. Yeah. Um, and this is a live one. This is one that they've, this dance they've danced before. Mm -hmm. And Reactpour came out. Um, just. Just. But 2019. Still, but he's still got the 2019. W. 2019. He's got the W. Look at their trajectories since they've had that fight. Their trajectories, yeah. 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 Look at look at where, they, where they've gone. And like you go... I think it. Yeah, was Chris Billum Smith. I'll do Chris Billum Smith. Because, what, because Chris has got a world title. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, Chris Billum, they've both been very, very active and yeah. the improvements from both. So I'm just going to say, Chris Billum Smith, what goes in his favour is that he's won that world title. So it's going to give and, him that. And confidence. he walks like a world he's champion had, now. Yeah, absolutely. He's had yeah. 10 fights, home advantage. Yeah. The Vitality Stadium is a huge plus for him as well. But you look at Reactpour and what he's done. He's had seven fights since that fight in 2019. And it's been a slow building process. Yeah. He's done it on his terms. But what he's done cleverly, Simon, is that he's built the confidence that was missing in well, his like, performances. As I said to you before, I was talking to, I was talking to a, a, a guy at the Manchester fight, I think when he knocked out Glowacki. Yeah. Yeah, punched him right out, right? Knocked yeah. him out. Yeah, um, And there was this talk about this inherent belief that he's now built in himself. He knows he's a physical specimen. He yeah. knows he's going to hit hard, yeah. right? But it's that belief system that takes you to a different there. level. So now what you've got is you've got a guy in Chris Billum Smith that overcame a Coley, mm -hmm. and deservedly so, um, put in a decent performance against, against Masanek, although he struggled in the first three or four rounds and I didn't like the way it was going in the first three or four rounds. <laughs> Neither did you, right? <laughs> but he's still walking like a world champion. Yeah. So he's got that extra 10% in his tank where I'm yeah. a world champion. Whereas you've got Rick, Richard Reactpo over here that's beaten him once before, yeah. wants his world title so he's hungry, and has improved psychologically on every level. Yeah. I think this is a really fascinating Great fight. Great fight.
And like you say, it's like, going to be a hell of an atmosphere. We, this is one of those ones where we're all going to have an opinion and we're all going to have an option on who we think is going to win and how they're going to win it and the improvements, you know, mentally, you know, from Riyadh Poor's side and, the, you know, the experience and the hard fights and going to the well and digging deep, fighting down the gum shield, all that that Bill and Bim Smith's been through. But we're not really going to know until that bell rings because if they take off from where they left off, the first fight in 2019, split decision, went Riyadh Poor's way. They've both, you know, taken different roads, but they both improved as well. That's a fascinating fight, it really Who is. Who do you think? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure at the moment, if I'm totally honest. I, I, I'm going to go react, Paul. And I don't think people see the last bell. If you go on recent form, I just look at Chris and you go, like you say, like against, um, in his last fight, when he walked back to that corner, he had his head down and he just thought, he's asking himself questions here. I'm not sure how much he can keep going on, but he done what champions do, and he dug deep and he turned it around. Richie Riappol, though, I mean, he's just been breezing through opponents yeah. and doing it in a. In, the in one an thing that plays, in, the only thing that plays into the narrative that I think that, besides the fact he's fighting Chris Billum Smith, who's yeah. a very decent fighter, has got a world title and has earned everything he's got, right? And no, and and, I, and I'm really pleased that he's got it. Is whether Richard Riappol swallows it when he's walking into a world title shot in a stadium which is going to be 95% against him. Yeah. If he doesn't swallow it, which I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I don't think he does. I'm just saying if it does. It's the, yeah. it's the X factor yeah, that you yeah, can't yeah. price into the thinking. If he doesn't, I think he's got the tools to beat Chris and I don't think it sees the last bell. Yeah. Interesting because I, I, it's going to, you know, I, you really got to nail Chris down to that canvas in front of his home home fans. Yeah. I mean, that, he, that, he's will to win and he's desired. Yeah, they've all been there. Yeah, I mean, I, no, no, one could have yeah, more, but, no one could have had more will, will to win than Kel Brook fighting in front of Sheffield fans when he fought Earl Spence. Yeah, fight someone in front yeah, of him Yeah, but what better. I'm saying is that the different fighters have got a different... They, they can go to a, a, a different, darker place yeah. and come through and whatnot. What I'm saying is Chris... A punch in the face Chris, is a punch in the face, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but then you look at, like, it's that not losing... Not losing hope is probably why I put it. And look, we use our old mate Cole as an example. And you go like, you know, when you look at Cole's career and his fights, he's like one of those guys, you go look at when he went his first defence against Jermaine Taylor. You go, you're 11, after 11 rounds, you are seriously behind it. But the will to win and that. Yeah, and Cole freak, had that, that That's a freak of nature. That yeah, one, but that, yeah. Chris has got a little bit of that in him. Like he will keep, like you say, in his last fight, Chris bit down on his gum shield, man. And you go, look, you're looking and you go, a lot of fighters can easily pull it away. Shane McGuigan done a great job in the corner, by the way. It pumped him up and all that. Yeah, because there's a lot of fighters that would have had And saw the weakness in his ribcage. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Had that. the vision to I see the yeah, weakness. I don't know about Planted that. it in his mind. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Ultimately, was the ultimate architect of it all. But irrespective of these two fighters, you're going to sit on the fence on this one. You're not going to pick a winner. I'm, no, I'm not. At, right now, no. I, um, but that's housery. You've got, you've got to put your well, on the block. I think that if we're going to put our neck on the block right now... Yeah. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to go react, Paul. Have you had an original thought? Do you have an original thought? If we're going to put our neck on the block right now, I'm going to go with Chris Billum-Smith. Churchill, the nodding dog. (laughs) (laughs) Out of these two, out of of this uh, um, fight, obviously we're going to see a British winner, which is great. We've got this looming spectre in the background of Jay Apatea. Yeah. Jay Apatea. Jay Apatea. Jay Jay Jay, Apatea. Jay. Right. Who's just apparently not training with the Furies anymore. Fed up with all the braggadocy? No. Tyson no, yeah. I uh, mean, look. Dragon, would it? Who knows? Rumors, Anyways, rumors. my question, besides my facetious observation, yeah. was these two guys are going to be on a collision course with this fella. Joyce and I, says, whilst I don't think we learned, I don't, I, in all fairness, despite the fact I thought he was a wrecking machine and the quality of the punches that he's thrown, 
You can't judge him against Jordan Thompson and you can't judge him against Elisora, right? No. Right? But he's going in back in with Marius Bredas and we're going to see that fight February the 17th. That first fight that he had with Marius was, oh, mate, Probably if sure, anyone's man. not seen it, go on YouTube, have a look at that fight. He broke his jaw in that, but he, he went down to the wire. I mean, that split decision. What a fight. Showed a lot of character in that. And we're going to learn a lot more from him. Do you think you see any of, our, any one of our boys, you know, in this instance? He says that he wants it. He said that's exactly what he wants. Because he, he wants all the belts in the cruiserweights, doesn't he? So I'm going to tell you where the land, land lies with Jai. Like, so he's fighting this fight against Marius. He comes through that fight against Marius. He then fights the winner of Bivol, Bivol Betabiev. That's where he goes. At a catchweight. At a catchweight. Oh, well, the Saudis. Yeah. Well, that's because he they're told running, me that. Because they're running around saying that, aren't they? He told me that. Jai said yeah. to me. Yeah. He's had a meeting. Move all the pieces. Yeah, he, 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 he had a meeting with Turkey Shake. He sat down. He had a two-fight deal, yeah. which was what do you think obviously Ellis Oro and then this one. So, he's, so let me get this right. And I just want to push at this. And I know that it gets me into trouble. You've lost your cruiserweight belt. Because you've Give given it up. He's still Ring Magazine champ. And that's fine. But you've lost the, your world title belts. Yeah. Right? To go and fight in Saudi. Yeah. You're now going to come out of your weight class and fight in a catch weight. Yeah. Is this or, good? Or, or it, it may be is, a case is of... Is it good? Is it good? Yeah. No, I think that what he's saying was, this is where he said, he said, listen, I'm still young. I've had the titles. I want the big names. He's boxing Marius again. He said, which is a great fight. He said, oh, you know, I'll boxing one of the my belt. back. Pound, pound for pound fight. He said, but I will get my belts back. He said, I want Chris Billings. So what happens then? So he gets his belt back and then... Which will be so what basically the way so whichever belt will get back and then they call for a mandatory and he's off fighting the catchweight. I think the, no, I think the way the way he's going to do it is obviously Marius Bredas. He comes through that fight, but that he goes, get, in, does that get his belt back? No, it doesn't, does it? No, I don't think I, I don't think it does. No, right. I'm not sure. Was I'm not sure. I've not looked into that, so I'm not sure where that lands right. or what that is. Anyway, so he fights Marius, then he fights the winner of Better Be Ever versus um, Bibble, which weight. is a huge at a catchweight, huge fight. Obviously, prize fighting, that's what it's all about. You're going to get massive money on the table, and it's a fight the public want to see. Then he goes through and tries to capture the weights. That's Is his it? roadmap. I do, I, I do Would you not want to see that fight? Jaya Pataya versus... A cruiserweight versus a light heavy. A, a catchweight. Would you not want to see that? Yeah, I suppose Well, that's so. just like saying Ryan Garcia versus Javante Davis. No one wanted to see that. They've done it at catchweight. Doesn't, I think it, they become, showed doesn't it become more, have more jeopardy the bigger the weight classes you go up? It's not, like... Not, not no? really. Not when, you, okay. not when you go there, because like... Dimitri yeah, I suppose, like I suppose you're right. I suppose if you, see, if you see the winner of Betabiev yeah. and, and, and Bivol against Jai Opataya, it has intrigue. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it listen, that's a, it's a huge fight. Because, and that's what basically, I think that's what they're obviously trying to achieve. The Saudis are going, best versus the best. You yeah. know, Jai's going, no, I'm still in my 20s. I'm going to go around, I'm going to get the titles, but I'm going to earn a packet load of money well, fighting the best. We'll see. Um, one other thing before we go. Um... Devon Haney is being mooted to fight Tank Davis. Yeah. Now, that's a fight, isn't it? Well, it's, a, it's an incredible a fight. fight. And the first thing that pops into mind there is, is Tank Davis big enough for Devon Haney? Devon Haney was huge at 135. He went up to 140 last time and beat um, Regis Progray. In a, in, and it was a masterclass with Dan there. Yeah. And now you're talking about him going up to 147. You go back to the beginning of their careers... Devin Haney turned pro as a lightweight. Javante Davis turned pro as a featherweight. Javante Davis is tiny. He's only five foot five or something. He's very small. So what I'm saying is, I think if that fight lands, and they're talking about that, and that would probably land in the Middle East as well. If that fight does land, my concern is 
Javante Davis is one of my favourite fighters, and I think he's yeah. absolutely unbelievable. And it, like when I think when um, Devon was down at one three five, I fancied Javante to beat Devon. I said no, that, that's where it is. That weight with like. De Devon is just so much bigger than Javante, and I just think Javante goes up to 140, even 147, it'll be too much for him because he's too small. Right. That's where I'm at. I do, think at 135, Javante wins. Do you think the fight happens? Possibly. Yeah. yeah, just like, I think if they want it to happen, it'll happen. Yeah. One other thing I forgot to mention, John Ryder's back in the ring. Yes, looking forward to that. Mangu... Yeah. Mang Jamie Mangia. Mangia. I hope I said that right. Is that right? Is it Mangia? Don't ask me. Anyway, yeah. He's unbeaten. 42 fights. Good fighter. Um, well, he's got a new lease of life now, John, isn't he? After Mungia. 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 That's what it is. Mungia. Okay. Well, John's yeah, got Jamie a new lease Mungia. of life. I mean, he's well regarded in the, in the, inside the boxing industry. But yeah. now, Tough with, with the purists, but after the Canelo Everest uh, performance, yeah. albeit... It was a you know it was a challenge for him. So Jamie Mungia in his last fight is just coming back to me. Yeah, he he beat um, Sergei Devinchenko. Devinchenko in a what fight. What are you fucking Encyclopedia Britannica? I am, mate. It's just coming. Are back. Are you so pleased to see John Ryder back in no, the league? No, just wait because I'm not think he wins? what it is. Are you that's pleased? Do you think he's going to get another opportunity? Do you know what I mean? It's right. like right. So anyway, Devinchenko and Mungia was fight of the year last year. Like they went toe to toe. And the reason I'm telling you this story, can I can I explain why I'm telling you this story? All right, go on. Is it going to take a long time? Devonchenko was a guy that stylistically is like John Wider. He just comes forward non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. And Mungir dealt with that and he just met him head on and went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. It's a tough fight, this. For jo Can John Wider do it? It's a tough night, mate. It's a very tough night. I'm hoping he can. I'm praying he can. Do you know why? Because anyone deserves it. He John Wider. Gone the hard way. You go back to Nick Blackwell when Nick gone Blackwell knocked him out. Yeah. British title fight like many years ago. Yeah. And you look at the journey that he's been on and done that, like you say, done it the hard way. Yeah, yeah he can do it. John Wider can do okay. it. Right. That's your lot for me and Stato over there. Do you like uh, that though? What? Just all the giving information. you a little bit of knowledge about, I mean, that was just, that was just popping up, man. It's fantastic. It's <laughs> It's like, yeah, being, but see, it's like being in the presence of genius. No, but, but these names are impregnated in my brain, see? Impregnated in your brain. That's the right terminology. <laughs> anyway, as I say, for me and Stato, we'll see you next time we're out on our soon-to-be award-winning podcast.